Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you, what is your mindset this morning going into tailgating? I gotta ask you, a bye week in week two, that's about as goofy as a $3 bill it has. It has me a little thrown off. It feels like uh, the opener... After the opener, kind of like a, a Groundhog Day, that, that movie with Phil Murray back in the 1990s. You, you remember that movie where he keeps reliving the same day over and over and over again. Well, you've heard of uh, Punxsutawney Phil. He's the, he's the groundhog. If he sees his shadow, it's 10 more weeks of winter. Well, folks, I saw my shadow. Punxsutawney Swan. Saw his shadow, and it means there's 10 more weeks of Bison football on the docket uninterrupted until Thanksgiving. So that's why I'm asking you. It's, it's North Alabama week, and they're, they're okay. They upset Southern Utah in the opener. They have a dual threat quarterback, Christian Lopez. But Vegas says the Bison are favored by 36 and a half. Point. So we could, we could be in store for another snoozer of a game. So now I'll tie it back to what's your mindset. How are you approaching this game? Well, I'll tell you how North Dakota State is approaching this game. They want to improve. Now, you're asking, Swanee, how do the Bison improve after the opening week 49-3 drubbing over Cal Poly? where they rushed for 10.2 yards per carry, scored seven rushing touchdowns, kept Cal Poly's potent triple option offense out of the end zone. Well, Nick Gazer is going to join us in a few minutes. Defensive tackles coach for North Dakota State. He'll tell you how the buys are going to improve. Luke Bacon, starting right guard for the Bison, for the Rams from Granville, North Dakota. McHenry, the pride of McHenry County. He'll visit with us later this morning. And friends, I am jacked up. I am all kinds of excited after talking with Luke Bacon, man. That that kid is North Dakota born and raised. During the bye week, he went back to Granville, went back to McHenry County, did some farming, did some ranching with his dad. He's talking to us about how important it is for the offensive line to communicate. And that's that's the thing about these North Dakota State football players, these kids that are North Dakota tough, man. It was no big deal to him. He just played it off like, well, of course I went home to farm during the bye week. Got to help dad. Got to help him out on the ranch. Just just a fact of life for Luke Bacon. Just like Jedry Sear, former Bison football player after games with Hop and his big rig truck and haul cattle to Chicago and everywhere else across the upper Midwest. Boy, just think about that. Think about what those guys do 
during their bye week. They're not resting. They're not playing video games like some guys and other teams might do. They're going back to work on the farm. They're going hunting. They're focusing on getting better. So that's your challenge, Bison Nation. That's your challenge this week at tailgating. You got to get better. Six Flags, you hear me right now. Yance, Nick, Shannon, and Dan, you guys gotta, you guys gotta step it up this week. Oh, Mark Celine's sitting across the alleyway, looking at you guys, saying, "Boy, I don't know. I don't know if those Six Flags guys are in midseason form yet. I, I don't know if they're the, the number one ranked squad out at tailgating, boy." There's some stuff. There's some stuff to work on. But, you know, every, every game is unique, and every game is special. You know, I was at a, a Bible study yesterday talking with a, a bunch of guys about that, how you just have to embrace every single opportunity. Because think about this, folks. We only get so many of these Saturdays every year to enjoy tailgating, to enjoy bison football. And even if the opponent might be of a lesser caliber, no, our, our coaches aren't going to say that. Our players aren't going to say that. Vegas says we're favored by 36 and a half points. We'll get to game day predictions later this morning, but I think it's going to be another 49 to 3 type of bison blowout. But I'm just, I'm just focused on having a good time today. I'm enjoying tailgating, getting out there, talking to all of you, watching North Dakota State's. Rushing attack, watching Code Green, watching Easton Stick. I think that guy's going to have a big game today. I'm, I'm thinking something like 9 of 12 for a buck 60, maybe two touchdowns. Now, now I'm on tape, Josh. I've, I've got that on tape. So if I'm wrong, we won't play it again. We'll just bury that in the archives. But if I'm right, man, we're going to resurrect that thing and play it over and over. Speaking of playing it over and over, we, uh, we're going to visit with Nick Gazer here, defensive tackles coach. For North Dakota State, NDSU's defense had a big week, but Coach Gazer says there's things that they got to work on against the Lions. Nick Gazer, NDSU defensive tackle coach, here with us. I'm here here with Swanee on 740 AM, 107.3 FM. Coach, you guys had to be real happy with the performance of both the defensive tackles and the defensive line against Cal Poly in the opener. Yeah, we were excited about it. I think our kids uh, were excited to go out there and play and uh, play a different scheme, one that we a lot of those guys had never seen before. I hadn't seen a whole lot probably since the Georgia Southern days, but uh, our kids came out, performed pretty well. You know, I think, uh, you know, took them a little bit of time to get adjusted to the speed and how fast they come out and how low they play. Uh, but they came out and they answered the bell, and, and I think they played a pretty solid football game. How do you guys adjust to that, seeing two such unique styles of play going from a, an option team like Cal Poly now facing a, a North Alabama team that's more of an up-temple sort of football team with their dual-threat quarterback in Lopez? How do you get your guys ready for that? Yeah, it's challenging. That's the hardest part, and that's why I love defense is because you face a little bit of everything, and you have to be able to adjust depending on week to week on, on what you're seeing. And as much as we tried to replicate what Cal Poly was going to do, it's nothing like seeing it for the first time. You know, you try to get your scout guys to come low and crawl out of their stance but it's just hard to replicate and for us to see it live and and be able to play against it and play pretty well against it I, I was pretty pleased with that and and obviously now this week it's a different style you know now we're playing a, a read zone team uh, an active quarterback that gets out and runs um, if, if we don't do a good job with our pass rush lanes things like that he, he can
can expose you. So uh, we've adjusted nicely, and, and obviously it's a little bit more of styles that we see in our league and, and, and things like that. So I think our kids are, are doing a good job this week. I think we've practiced uh, uh, pretty well, but uh, got to continue to follow that up with the next couple of days here. What, what's the key to containing a mobile quarterback like that, a guy that can beat you with his arm and legs? What's, what's the key for the defensive front? Yeah, you know, the big thing that we talk about is just pass rush lanes and, and keeping that pocket confined. We don't want to allow that guy to get outside the pocket and, and, and buy himself some more time. So, you know, for us, it's, 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 it's being your, you know, winning your one-on-ones and, and getting home on that quarterback, but it's also having an eye on that quarterback and seeing where he goes and where he scrambles. It's also working with the defensive ends. If, if a guy like Greg Mendard takes an inside move, we as D tackles better be able to get outside and be able to make him right. So we try to feed off each other. We're a big thing we talk about is hunt as a herd and hunt as a pack and and do a good job of keeping that quarterback in the pocket but it is it is definitely a challenging thing for us during his weekly press conference this week coach Kleiman alluded to the fact one of the biggest series against Cal Poly was that defensive stand in the second half after a turnover in the shadow of NDSU's own end zone a four and out guys like Spencer Wagey and Logan McCormick big plays talk about what that means as a coaching staff where you got guys on that that not just that defensive front but on the defense twos and threes that rise to the occasion to make a big stop that was awesome I mean there, there's nothing that gets me more excited than that series right there you know I think that just shows the pride in this program uh, the pride that the older guys have in the young guys and the responsibility that the young guys have to continue the tradition that we have here but for those guys to go in in that, that situation backs against the wall tough scenario and for them to get a big stop I think was awesome and then I think the second part of it was the excitement that those guys showed out there the passion I mean that's what this game is all about and I think what other people don't even see is that sidelines how the older guys were excited for the young guys making a big play shoot they were coming to the sidelines they were chest bumping they were high five I think that that's what this program is all about and that's what you that that what that's what gets you excited as a football coach with, with you coaching guys, some veterans like, like Williams and Karch at that defensive tackle position, how key is it to have older veteran presence on that, that defensive line for you guys? Yeah, I think that's always a key. I mean, any time that, that you're starting juniors and seniors and not freshmen and sophomores, I, I think is extremely important. I mean, those guys have been through it before. There's, you know, again, on the defensive side, you don't always know what you're going to get. You might get some crazy formation or co- something like that, but a lot of those older guys have been through it before they're able to adjust they don't panic they listen to their calls they communicate with each other I mean that's the luxury of having older guys that have been through it before but again on our side of it man we got to have depth we got to have a lot of guys that can rotate in and out and we'll have some freshmen out there we'll have some sophomores out there and it's all part of the learning experience but there's nothing like having juniors and seniors out there playing for you Coach Nick Gazer with us here on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM and 107.3 FM. Coach, that, that bye week in week two, how do you guys uh, prepare and, and plan for that? Because it's sort of an unusual week to, to have a bye. You have all the fall camp, the opener, and then you're off for a week, and then you got to play again. Yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, it's, if, if, you, if you had it any other way, you'd, you'd probably rather play a few games and then be, have a chance to, to get uh, rehabbed and rested and stuff like that. But it is what it is. What are you going to do about it? You know. And, and I think the biggest thing for us uh, over this bye week is, is look at our 
deficiencies, look at the things that we need to improve on, and then focus on those things. Let's focus more on ourselves. Let's focus how we can improve our pad level, our first step, our pass rush. Every one of our guys sat down there and made a list of things that they needed to work on this week for us to continue to get better and continue to advance. So I think it was more about, you know, just looking at ourselves and, hey, what do we got to continue, continue to do to grow and continue to get better? Coach, best of luck to you this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Nick Gazer, defensive tackle coach for North Dakota State, and you heard him. I was telling you, you need to improve. The Bison are focused on improving. In fact, they made a list. They beat Cal Poly 49-3. Coach Gazer, those defensive guys say, hey, every one of you, go make a list of things that you need to work on. Work on that pad level. Work on that pass rush. Work on your foot and hands batting around those offensive linemen. I, I think that's impressive where the coaches tell their guys, find something to work on. And NDSU is going to face a different challenge this week. It's not the triple option. It's more of an up-tempo attack, dual-threat quarterback. Christian Lopez, 350 passing yards and three scores, 105 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown, four total touchdowns two weeks ago, against Southern Utah, NDSU's going to have to apply the pressure and contain that guy. At his weekly press conference this week, Coach Kleiman said he's a guy that can beat you with his legs and with his arm. So it'll be absolutely critical for that Bison defensive front to generate pressure on Lopez. The Bison do that, they're winning going away. If the Bison do that, if they can contain Lopez, make him throw from the pocket, You're going to see a lot of early three and outs by the Lions. And then the ball goes to that Bison offense. And we're going to put up touchdowns after touchdowns. So this thing could snowball quick, and we hope it it does. You know, that defense can contain Lopez. NDSU is going to be in awfully good shape. That's a fact. You can't can't dispute that. But it all starts with containing Lopez. That's where it starts. That's where it stops. And he's got a couple good receivers. He's got some big guys out third. Then he's got Boykin, 6'3", 205, freshman wide receiver. Bison defensive backs are going to have to shut those guys down, and I think they will. want to thank a couple spots here on Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, and 107.3 FM, Seaberg Power Sports, Peterman Seeds of Holly, Yon Key Insurance, Welton's Tire Service, in Altendorf Trucking. Folks, we're going to take a quick time out, but when we come back, we got the pride of McHenry County, North Dakota, starting right guard Luke Bacon on Heard It Here with Swanee. Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. Every week, Swanee goes one-on-one with NDSU's playmakers, the guys who make it happen for the Bison and continue the program's tradition and excellence. These guys are the strength of the herd. Luke Bacon, the pride of Granville, North Dakota, joining us. And and most guys on their bye week might be taking it easy, playing video games, but you were uh, back home, Granville, North Dakota, McHenry County, doing some farming. Yeah, you know, I was uh, able to go home, help my dad for, you know, a couple days we... Hauled about 100 bales, or not, maybe not quite, off a section of land that we're going to turn cattle out on. And so uh, we talked about going fishing, and the wind didn't really cooperate. He's like, yeah, perfect. I'll, if you want to help me move some bales, I said, oh, yeah, perfect. And 
Um, Saturday was a little windy, and he gets scared with fire with how dry it can be. So did a little bit then, and then um, I finished the Sunday morning before I came back uh, to Fargo. So, yeah, it was, it was a good time. You how, know. How, how good does that feel for you, knowing that you can drive a, you know, three, three and a half, four hours, be back home in Granville, help out on the farm, and then get back here in time to prepare for North Alabama and join the rest of the Rams? It, it's great. You know, um, you know, I was able to go home, get some home cooking, and, you know, at the same time I can, I can be back in Fargo in four hours. And it's... It doesn't take me any time. The, the drive has gotten shorter and shorter every every time I make it, and uh, I, I never mind having to drive home and, and help out and do stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's great. What do your teammates, especially your fellow Rams, think about you heading back home to, to help out on the farm during a bye week? Uh, you know, they make fun of me because the, the Twitter thing blew up and whatever, but, you know, I told Tanner was in, you know, some equipment helping his dad um, with the, you know, construction and stuff like that. and. I know other guys are probably just hanging out, but um, yeah, it's we all have our thing and we all you know do our own you know our own thing. You know, I think some guys went hunting and as you know some of the Rams went hunting and um, sitting in a deer stand and stuff like that. So yeah. On the football side, how do you guys adjust to it? Because you have fall camp all August, you have the opener, then a bye week, and it's, is it like you're preparing for an opener again now that you know having a week between Cal Poly and North Alabama? It almost is. You know, it's it's different from. Uh, we we had like two weeks of prep for Cal Poly, and we're having two weeks now. But uh, it wasn't fall camp ready. It wasn't every day um, getting ready for um, Cal Poly. And, you know, defense had triple option, and we had a multitude of fronts, which we have some in North Alabama. But it was two weeks ago before we played a game, and usually we got a rhythm, this game, game. You know, prepare every week. And then last week it was just different. Um, but at the same time, it it was good for us. Young guys got a lot of reps. Old guys still got our reps done, um, still got mentally prepared. Um, obviously, it's not as intense as it would be with the game week, but it is now again this week, so that's great. And uh, we're ready to roll. So, What kind of challenges does North Alabama present to the Bison offense and rushing attack that, that differs from what you guys saw from Cal Poly? Uh, they got some bigger guys. Um, you know, I think their nose tackles, you know, six foot three thirteen or something. And, um, Cal Poly, I was a little smaller than that, and you know they they show a little bit of different fronts. They'll go four man, they'll go three man, they'll go what we call a double eagle front, uh, which is basically five defensive linemen. So that uh, they show a multitude of fronts. Uh, they'll have to be ready for Cal Poly did the same, but it's just different. You know they bring different pressures and different schemes, and it's just mentally getting focused and prepared for those things. And um, physically, they're they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Their two DNs are really great players. Um, get off the ball real quick. Um, so we'll have to, you know, bring it to him on Saturday and, and get after him. And that's what it always is, is being able to move guy and um, get a run back through a gap. So Lots of offensive linemen on this team. Coach Riley, we talked to him last week. 13 different guys, offensive linemen played against Cal Poly for the, the upperclassmen, guys like you, seniors, juniors on the team. How do you go about imparting the leadership lessons that you learned when you were younger to the younger guys like the Dylan Radins and, and some of the other freshmen, sophomores in the offensive line room? You know, every experience we've had, you know, we share it with them. You know, whether it was your first game, your first snap, you're welcome to the college football moment where you get blown up. Um, or just the little thing like, hey, on Saturday, we dress a little nicer. It, it just shows how focused we are. You know, some guys are like, oh, why did you do that? Well, it just that's just the way we do things. Or... Uh, we're sitting on the meal table, like, hey, you know, starters sit up here, and you know, the next guy line sits there. Things like it's, we all have those experiences, and then when we get on the game, like, hey, the first drive, if you've, you haven't played a bunch, you might be jittery. After that, just settle in, 
we'll help you communicate. And that's the biggest thing for us is we're, we've got so many calls and, you know, we communicate a thousand times a play, you know, and that's exaggerating, but it, that's what it is. And then in between each rep, it's like, hey, Tanner, did you feel that? Can you get off that quicker? Yep, I'll get off it quicker next time we run that play. You know, hey, Zach, uh, we did this. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And so, like, we'll even be, like, we look at each other sometimes and be like, yep, okay, yeah. And it's just, we don't have to say a word and we, we know what each other's thinking. And so just like getting that um, relationship with the young guys, like Dylan, when I went in last week, like, oh, well, I haven't taken left guard reps in a play. Well, he's like, yeah, but I liked it because you were calling things out before they came. You know, they brought that pressure and you saw it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And, you know, that's just developing those young guys and that relationship and, you know, so forth. Luke Bacon from Granville, North Dakota, one of the Rams, joining us here on Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM and 107.3 FM. One, one of the things I don't think the casual fan sees, Luke, is, is exactly what you just said, the amount of communication that you guys do on the offensive line. And that's something every play you guys yeah. have to be communicating with each other because you're, you might have a role on your side of the line, but what they're doing, the guy next to you or two guys down, that impacts what the whole line's doing yeah. as a unit. Yeah, so a right tackle might make a call that the right guard's got to echo all the way down to the left guard. And, you know, you might think, well, why does the left guard need to know what the right tackle's doing? Well, if he's pulling or if he hears a jet call or something, like all our all our calls, that affects what his guy could potentially be doing. Like it could be affect what the linebackers are doing. And so it's all ties together. And at the same time, we'll give dummy calls. Like we could we could have our call in the huddle and it be, could be we're good to go. And we'll get up there and just say a bunch of random calls and just affect the defense. And so that communication of like, hey, I'm gonna give dummy calls. You need to be aware that none of these calls are gonna relate to you. Or, hey, I'm gonna give like three, there could be three or four calls I might give you on this, but you gotta be ready, you know? So all that communication is done throughout the practice week. Honestly, it's done just sitting around, hey, if we get that look, yep, I'm gonna give you that call, right? Yep, okay, we're good. And then you get in the game, it's just, it, it clicks, we're good to go, we're rolling. Cause like we talk about all the time, don't get out there and think on the football field or you're gonna be slow. Get out there and go give a call, run fast, play it, and, and then fix it on the sideline if we have to. And wrapping up here, Luke Bacon, Pride of Granville, North Dakota, McHenry County. What's it like for you being a, a nine-man North Dakota small-town guy coming to North Dakota State, the, the biggest athletic program, not, not just in the state of North Dakota, but getting national attention for the success that the Bison have had? What's that mean to you as, as someone from McHenry County, North Dakota? It means everything. You know, um, when I was growing up, you never thought you could go play football at NDSU. Uh, even up until my junior year, I wasn't even getting contacted. And then, you know, I'm one of the last guys that Coach Bull was a part of, and he stopped by my school. You know, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. What? You know, I didn't really expect that. And then, you know, I kind of built off that. Coach Vegan, Coach Fuchs, and all of a sudden I had a scholarship offer. I was like, wow, I, two months ago I wouldn't expect that. And so then when I got here, it was, you know, it's really big. You know, a little bit of shock and awe to begin with coming from a nine-man school, like you said. Um, but then once you get into it, you realize what you're a part of, this great family that we're all a part of, and all my brothers and brothers. And it's, it's something that I'm going to have to reflect on when I'm out of, you know, out of here. But right now living in it, it's truly a blessing. It's an amazing opportunity that I've had and um, taken advantage of. So, um, yeah, it's really been great. Well, best of luck to you this weekend and uh, the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Thank you. I think I got a new favorite player. I think I got a new favorite player. During that interview, Josh Linus running the boards here on Heard It Here with Swanee. We kind of look at each other, and during the bye week, some guys go fishing, some go hunting. Not Luke Bacon, man. Not Luke Bacon. He says, 
Dad says, let's move some bales. I said, perfect. It means everything. I love that. I absolutely love that. The, the end of the interview, asking Luke what it means to be from small-town rural North Dakota, to be from Granville, to be from a place like McHenry County, growing up playing nine-man football for TGU. What does it mean to you, Luke, to be a bison? He says, it means everything. You hear coaches talk about how important senior leadership is, that, that veteran presence. You hear at every press conference from Coach Kleiman. You ho- heard Coach Gazer talk about it earlier this morning. That's why it matters. That's why it matters. That's why North Dakota State wins conference and national championships. That's why North Dakota State can go into Manhattan, Kansas, and beat Kansas State. That's why North Dakota State can go to Iowa and take down the Hawkeyes in Kinnick Stadium because they have senior leaders like Luke Bacon. I absolutely love that interview. The communication between the line, every play those guys are talking, between plays, during plays, the Rams moving the ball, that was fantastic. I, I'm, I need a, If anyone has a number 71 jersey, if the Bacon family's out there listening, if you could hook me up, with the number 71 shirt, your, your son's something special. That kid is something special. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Nolan P. Schmidt, editor-in-chief of Bison Illustrated Magazine, and he's going to tell us the keys for this weekend's game. Today, the key, the key for the games today, it's Saturday morning. I'm clearing out the cobwebs. I was at a wedding last night. Congratulations to Neil and Nicolee Raisler. I'm, I'm playing, playing hurt a little bit this morning, but... Uh, We'll get through it right here on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. 740 The Fan. Taxi. Follow that station. Follow us on Twitter. Eh, yeah, we're big time. Follow 740 The Fan on Twitter. Links available on 740thefan.com. At American Family Insurance, we believe that with the right support, any dream is possible. For auto, home, business, or life, contact us today. For details, contact Chris Heise Agency. Call 701-293-0798 or stop by 722 13th Avenue East in West Fargo today. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI. American Family Insurance Company. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. Ready for some tough talk about tarps? TRS Industries, manufacturer of America's best tarps, wants you to know that all tarps are not alike. TRS tarps are the toughest you can find. Made of strong American fabric and materials. TRS offers the best warranty in the business. Go to trsindustries.com and see their full line of products. Their expert custom cover specialist has over 35 years of experience. TRS Industries, America's best tarps. Essentia Health is proud to support athletes at every level of play. New in 25th Street, online at valleytire.net or call 701-551-7002. As old as paper and ink, Nolan Schmidt brings his new school approach to Bison Illustrated as its editor-in-chief and joins Swanee to go over the big headlines for this week's matchup. It's Bison game day, baby. I know you're fired up. I know you're getting ready to tailgate. I know you're going to be out there today, friends. 
Heard it here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, and 107.3 FM. Check out our show page. Heard it here with Swanee at 740AMTheFan.com. This issue, edition, edition, issue, buys an illustrator. We're all over the map this morning, Nolan. Brought to you by Chris Heisey, American Family Insurance, Valley Tire, Legacy Wealth Management, TRS Industries, and Essentia Health. My podcast buddy, Nolan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You reference issues, and I, you know, I have to, I have to agree with you. There's a lot of issues going on at, <laughs> in yeah, <I'm>... our world. <laughs> There's always issues going on, but uh, luckily we're able to put out a, one every month. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just got done talking to Luke Bacon, senior offensive lineman from Granville, North Dakota, and I'm looking at the BuysAndIllustrated.com website. A great story in the September issue to serve and protect NDSU's veteran offensive line is ready to keep defenders out. Yeah, uh, you know those guys are farm tough. I think that's the that's the word that I always like to say. I mean, born and raised on the farm, as humble as as any of those guys on the roster. And you know, I, I think Chris Kleiman referenced it in his press conference this week. Is you know, those guys are going to work harder than just about anybody on the roster, if not more so. And I think that just comes from you know the culture that they come from. How many yards? North Dakota State going to top 450 yards rushing this afternoon against the Lions. You know. I think it's going to be a lot, funny, but you know, I what I'm interested in seeing is how they develop this passing game because we saw Easton Stick only pass for, I mean, you know, well under 100 yards against Cal Poly, and obviously he didn't need to pass the ball a, a significant amount of times just because of how successful Bruce Anderson and Lance Dunn were in that game. But you know, I, I think I, I want to see a developing, you know, factor in that pass game because sooner or later, Swanee, it's going to come down to somebody is going to figure out the buys and run game. It's just, it's bound to happen. You have to treat it as that, as though it's going to happen at some point. So, I mean, you have to develop that pass game at some point. And I think against a team like North Alabama, or even a team like a team against Delaware next week, you have to find, you know, little wrinkles to where you can, you know, run the play action pass or get Easton Easton six and throws just so you can, you know, if it comes to it down, you know, in the Missouri Valley, you know, gauntlet that they face this season, you know he's going to have to pass at some point. So I, I'm 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 thinking that they're going to run for a lot twenty. But you know I'm I just I, I would love to see some play action pass and some, some passing action for Easton Stick today too. Well, I know that's one of the things we talked about on our Bison Illustrated podcast that folks can find at BisonIllustrated.com was the fact that North Dakota State. I think anyway that today one of the things Coach Kleiman said at his press conference earlier this week that during the bye week they really focused on giving the quarterbacks a lot of snaps going seven-on-seven, working with receivers. And he he emphasized, he specifically mentioned the the play-action passing game and the quarterback's five-step drop. So I I think North Dakota State is going to want to take advantage of that because I I think we can run the ball against the Lions. But I think in those second-and-short type of plays, in the second-and-three, second-and-four, and and even on a first-and-ten, I think early on we're going to see North Dakota State try to drive the ball down the field on that play-action game. Right, and I mean, don't even you don't even have to look to the to the wide receivers. I mean, we've talked about it at length on our podcast, Swanee, is when you run the play action pass, you know, nine times out of ten, tight ends can leak out of that and get a you know ten fifteen yard catch and run. And I mean, we saw last week only the only tight end to catch a ball last week was or two weeks ago, excuse me, was Ben Ellison, and I think it was a catch for nine yards. So you know, I you know along with that play action, I'd like to see the tight ends get a little bit involved because we know Swanee that. The Bison have some tremendous tight ends that can catch the ball as well as blocks. I mean, I'd like to see them utilize that full tight end skill today. 
one of the things, you know, when we had Coach Randy Hedberg, North Dakota State's quarterback coach, on our podcast uh, in the summer, one of the things he talked about was creating specific matchups where you might have three tight ends or, or maybe even four on the field at the same time, whether it's Ben Ellison, Nate Jensen, uh, uh, Josh Babich, Noah Gindorf, and taking advantage of some of those matchups where teams, you're right, one of the things that we're going to see in Valley play, teams are going to put nine guys in the box, they're going to bring up a, a safety and a linebacker real close to that line of scrimmage, and they're going to be one-on-one matchups with the buys and receivers and the other team's cornerbacks. And the other team is going to say, we're not letting you beat us with the run. You're going to need to throw the football. So I, I know on your Bison Illustrated film room, you know, talking about the North Alabama Lions, one of the things going back when I was watching that Cal Poly game, you know, they, there were a lot of uh, different concepts with the tight ends. They, they just weren't targeted, and then eventually the running game took over. But I think you're spot on, Nolan, that we're going to see the tight ends be more involved in the Bison offense today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as Valley play wears on, you know, your reference wanting you know, teams putting nine guys in the box and they're going to, you know, game plan to stop the Bison run game. But, you know, we've heard that in the past too. And, and look how it's turned out. I mean, it's, you can, you can say that you're going to put nine guys in the box and try to stop the Bison run game, but how many teams have been truly successful with it? You know, I, I think you can maybe narrow it down to possibly la- at least last season, you know, there were one loss coming to South Dakota state, maybe, but you know, I mean, people, teams can say that in the Valley then, okay. We got the we got the formula to, to shut down Lance Dunn and Bruce and Anderson, but you know, in in the grand scheme of things, teams really haven't been able to do it in the first place. So you know, it'll be interesting to see once that valley kind of curve hits here in the next couple of weeks. One of the things you talk about on uh, the Bison Illustrated film room at bisonillustrated.com, Nolan P. Schmidt, editor in chief of the Bison Illustrated magazine. You can listen to our podcast; it's linked up there on bisonillustrated.com. Christian Lopez, 6'1", 200-pound junior quarterback for North Alabama. He's a JUCO transfer in his first year with the Lions. What do you know about him? Well, you know, 33 touchdowns last year at the JUCO level. It was second best in the nation. You know, say you know, say what you will about the JUCO level or any level. I mean, saying that you can be second best in, you know, touchdowns thrown is pretty impressive. But, you know, Chris Kleiman said it. He's a dual-threat quarterback, and I'm interested to see how the Bison kind of handle that sort of skill set. It's not something that they see terribly often in the Missouri Valley. I mean, we can say they see Terran Christian once a year, and we can say that Terran Christian is a, is a dual-threat quarterback. But I'm interested to see kind of what the Bison do, because this is a this is a slippery kid that can break free of tackles and, and make some big plays. And we know that the Bison defense has historically been known for limiting kind of second-chance opportunities, if you will. But if you go back and watch, Alabama, North Alabama's game against Southern Utah or Alabama A&M, there are plenty of plays where Christian Lopez doesn't get wrapped up. He kind of finds some room where he can run for 20, 25 yards, or he can make a really deep pass after coming, you know, evading a sack. So, I mean, if you're the Bison defense and if you're Matt Entz, the defensive coordinator, I think, you know, you key in on the fact of, you know, the fundamentals of tackling more than anything. You want to be able to wrap this guy up because he is – slippery That's one of the things we had uh, Nick Gazer, defensive tackles coach for North Dakota State on earlier this morning. And one of the things Goose said was it'll be key to for Bison rushers to stay in their lanes and to be assignment sound in, in containing Lopez because I think if North Dakota State keeps him in the pocket, it's going to be a nice day for Code Green. And, and I think that I think that we will, but he's a guy much, much like Taryn Christian where he can really hurt you once he gets out of the pocket and starts extending the play. Then you have those linebackers and defensive backs that have to make a decision. 
do I come up and play the run here or do I stay back in coverage and let this cat pick up a first down? So for me, that's that's the key to the game. Lopez is the guy that drives the car for North Alabama. If North Dakota State can contain him, it's going to be a big day for the Bison. And, I mean, keep in mind that, you know, Christian Lopez suffered a, an apparent knee injury last week against Alabama A&M that held him out for a, a little bit of time. But, I mean, he was somewhat of a game-time decision coming up into, I believe, yesterday. I think yesterday was when head coach Chris Willis said, okay, yeah, he's 100% good to go. We'll see how it happens. But, you know, the, one of the quotes that I read about this injury was that, you know, they didn't want to lose him for the season, telling me that, you know, this might be, you know, maybe a long-term or serious injury. That's something to keep an eye on. But I agree with you, Swanee. Keeping him in the pocket is paramount because, you know, we know it better than anybody. Any Watch any mobile quarterback. As soon as they get outside the pocket, that's where they make their money. That's where Christian Lopez is at his best is when he's scrambling outside the pocket, looking for, you know, a broken play or a, bro- or a receiver getting free or he's, you know, picking up 30 yards on the ground. Wrapping up here with Nolan Schmidt, editor of Bison Illustrated Magazine. Coach Kleiman at his press conference told us Bison wide receiver Christian Watson is probably a go to play this week, but it sounds like Seth Wilson, one of the running backs, one of the machines, is probably a scratch from today. Yeah, you know, it's it's safe to say that I would say that we won't see Seth Wilson today just because I think Chris Kleiman referenced him as a 50-50. Like you said, he had a setback in the bye week. And, you know, you don't want to rush that guy back, especially when you have guys like Lance Dunn and Bruce Anderson and Adam Cofield and Ty Brooks all, all, all in the depth start of the running back. You know, you don't need to rush him back, especially against a game where, you know, by all intents and purposes, we think the Bison are going to win handily. What's the final score? Um, I got 56-7. to seven. I, I, I see North Alabama just at that, that temple that they play. I think they're going to come in and maybe – Maybe get a punch in the mouth early, but I think the Bison, you know, we've we've seen it. They know how to adjust to any sort of offense. But I, I'm saying 56 to 7, Swanee. Sounds good, buddy. We're looking forward to the recap and all the analysis on BisonIllustrated.com from Nolan Schmidt, editor and chief of Bison Illustrated. Thanks, buddy. Right on. Thanks, Swanee. See ya. We're gonna take a quick timeout here on Heard It Here with Swanee on 7:40 a.m. The Fan and 107.3 FM. You can catch Nolan's interview, Luke Bacon's interview, and Nick Gazer's. Interview all will be posted. They heard it here with Swanee show page on 740thefan.com. And after our last break here, we're going to talk with Chase Miller a little bit little bit, and get into some uh, game time predictions. And I think Nolan took my final score, so I'm going to have to figure out what some touchdowns and field goals add up to. We heard it here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan. People have to be prepared at all times. Approval. See Seabird Power Sports on Highway 59 North in Detroit Lakes for details. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? I'll tell you who's taking it to the bank this morning. Amy Olson. LPGA golfer, North Dakota State alum, playing in the Evian Championship, the fifth major on the LPGA Tour. Folks, she's got a share. She's got the outright lead at 12 under after 12 holes on Saturday. Amy Olsen in running to win a major on the LPGA Tour. That's that's pretty doggone impressive, Chase. I would say so, and it's always fun to talk about 
uh, you know, players outside of other programs. NDSU just had their softball dedication yesterday. You know, I kind of mentioned uh, that a little bit. It's still not weird to call her Amy Anderson. You know, double A coming at you, Amy Olson. But I'm sure Grant would be just fine with us saying, you know, Amy Olson because obviously her and Grant are a nice uh, a couple, and it's always kind of fun to when NDSU plays Indiana State. There's now a little bit of a side story to that with uh, Grant being down there as a as a coach, Swanee. One of the things we heard this week from Coach Kleiman at his weekly press conference that the biggest improvement he wants to see is just the team getting back into a routine quicker after having a bye week in week two. He said the defense is going to be challenged from a throwing aspect. The Bison want to run the football to set up the play-action game and five-step drop game with Easton Stick. And how well the Bison run the ball will dictate what they do offensively. What are you looking for from North Dakota State today? I'm curious what North Alabama does coming up because traditionally when you look back at teams who've had a bye week to play the Bison, and I mean NDSU having the bye week, it hasn't fared well. You know, you go back to Frisco, the Bison haven't lost a game in Frisco, and that's a couple weeks to prep. You look at second-round matchups, and the Bison have had a first-round first bye. No one's beaten NDSU. You've seen teams the first time come into the Farganome, and you can see that avalanche going quicker sometimes, right? The first time Coastal Carolina came up here compared to the second time they came up here. The first time Georgia Southern came up here compared to the second time they came up here. So North Alabama, you know, maybe you make a statement and say, we want the ball. We want to get our up-tempo offense going. We want to try to get moving with the football. How can they handle the crowd noise? One way is to get a quick first down or two, whether it's rushing or throwing, get to line, already have another play ready to rock and roll and move the football so you don't have to worry about the noise. You can kind of put NDSU on their back of their heels a little bit. And I think that's where Coach Kleiman was talking about saying, you know, I talked to Robbie Grimsley earlier this week, and he said going up against option defense, you felt like it's something completely different where that bye week was probably good for us to get back to this. And Robbie also said this is going to be a type of team with three, four wide receivers that you're seeing a lot of teams in the Valley play against. It'll help prep them for conference play. So this will be a good test for, for NDSU. They don't want to be the NDSU back in 2003 when they went out to Montana and knocked off you know the number three ranked Grizzlies. So it'll be a good matchup. At the end of the day, I think NDSU, if they can run the football as well as they did, and if Bison defense can play what we think uh, as fans, as media, that can how they play, I think it's going to be an uphill day for the Lions, Swanee. They've got they got a couple playmakers in the receivers, Jacoby Bird, Dexter Boykin. Uh, they're some big guys. They, they've had some nice games, some big-time plays for the Lions. And Lopez, I, I think the key to the game is containing Lopez. I think Code Green contains him. It'll be a big day. Something I want to see from the Bison offense, they, and, and understand this, folks, if NDSU is able to, to run the ball for 10 yards a pop, we don't need to throw the ball 20 times. That's just not our M.O., but I, w- I would like to see early in the game some of that play-action passing game, getting the tight ends worked into the offense. And even the, the running backs, we saw that a little bit early in the opener with Lance Dunn kind of leaking out of the backfield, and he would have had a giant play, but the ball bounced off his hands. I want to see some of that from the Bison offense. And I think you know one of the things Nolan mentioned when we just had him on a few minutes ago, conference play is coming up. And we, we start with South Dakota State, and they had a big win in Brookings over Montana State this past weekend. So that conference opener is so huge, and the Bison passing game will want to have that rhythm, and I think that's why Coach Kleiman emphasized during his weekly presser was that the team spent a lot of the bye week working on that passing attack because we don't know how much of it 
we're going to get to see today. Yeah, and he mentioned, too, you know, they came out on Monday this week with their uh, pads on. Normally they don't come out with pads on. It's kind of more of a lighter practice to get them back into the routine. And for South Dakota State, you know, they've they've won the last two Dakota Marker games. You know, they've won the last two regular season meetings with NDSU. They found a little recipe that a lot of other teams haven't found to, to knock off the Bison back-to-back times in a season. And for North Dakota State now, it's a matter of obviously health. Anytime you're in these non-conference games, you want to win. You want to get your you know, chance of being a top eight seed. You want to put another win on your resume and so forth, but you want to stay healthy. And then the other thing, too, is pretty much like Kleiman said and everybody else has been saying, if they get up early, 14-zip, 21-zip against North Alabama, and let's say it's still in the first half before halftime, you're probably not going to be seeing a lot of different schemes because how much do you want to throw out there exactly. and make teams prep for? How many times do we see Brock Robbins run the fullback dive? Just to put it on tape, just to say Brock is there, and if he lines up in an eye formation, if you don't account for him, he might get a couple yards. We're going to hit or, you for seven or eight right up the middle. Exactly. So there's going to be little things that they throw out on tape. There's going to be different wrinkles and formations that we haven't seen from years prior. Uh, it was kind of cool to see that diamond package where he had three running backs in the backfield with Ty Brooks, you know, Lance Dunn, Bruce Anderson. Take your poison on that one. But we're going to see a lot of different formations from North Dakota State and Courtney Messingham probably today than what we saw in week number one and moving forward, Swanee. There's a lot of big matchups in the FCS today. I know you're going to talk about them on your show following Heard It Here with Swanee. But a couple teams that were ranked pretty high in the preseason, including New Hampshire, they find themselves in a must-win situation today, being 0-2. If you go 0-3, your odds of making the playoffs drop precipitously. <laughs> precipitously. You wanted to use that word, didn't you? I, I wanted to because I've been fumbling a little bit here with my words between allergies. I had a, a wedding yesterday, Neil Nickley Raisler. They'll be out tailgating today, so I'm a pl- playing a little bit injured. <laughs> but, uh, you know, UND has Sam Houston State tonight. That'll be a big test for the Fighting Hawks. Mm-hmm. Nichols and McNeese, a big Southland Conference matchup. South Dakota and Weber State, both those teams are 1-1. One one. The loser of that game is going to have two early losses on the resume. And then Montana at Western Illinois, the Leathernecks are 0-2. They've got a bye week next week, and they don't want to go into that thing 0-3. No, and that's part of the Missouri Valley Big Sky Challenge, and you also have Northern Arizona at Missouri State part of that challenge. And if the Valley wins two of those games today, they take the challenge. So it's been a kind of good back and forth uh, early on with that Big Sky Challenge. I'm also looking forward to a couple of teams who are playing FBS competition, Swanee. It wasn't a far, that long ago that Eastern Washington went to Washington State and knocked off the Cougs. Both of the, those two teams are 2-0. You and I at Iowa today, and if you and I loses, they're 0-2, so you're talking about it's not a must-win game for the Panthers, but how many times we t- have been saying this about a Coach Farley team? They're one and two. They're zero and three. They're just something behind the eight ball going into conference play. And then UC Davis. Hey, they've already knocked off one FBS team. This time though, it's ninth-ranked Stanford. So the Aggies are two and zero on the season. They're going to get a much bigger matchup. I'm looking forward to the games. Always fun. You know, South Dakota State should be heavily favored over um, Arkansas Pine Bluff. They should more than likely get to two and zero. We'll see what Delaware is able to do. You know, moving forward. But I like what you said about New Hampshire. They're the longest tenured team to make the FCS playoffs. And if you go on three, you're going to have to run the table in a very tough CAA conference. Wanting to even sniff, sniff your chat a chance at making the postseason. My, my upset alert for the day, I think the Iowa Hawkeyes are going to – they'll they'll beat Northern Iowa and Kinnick, but Iowa's got Wisconsin next week oh. in a big, big, big So this 10 is a game. trap game? This could be a trap game. Mm. This could be a game where the Hawkeyes are peering ahead to next weekend. So if you see Northern Iowa up, there's whispers around the Fargo Dome, hey, hey, the Panthers. Hey, the Panthers, man, they're up three in the second half. That, that wouldn't surprise me. But we got to talk about the Bison – 
and get our game predictions in. What do you got for the herd this weekend? I'm going to go pretty close to what I did, I think, uh, last week. I think North Alabama's offense will pose more of a challenge for North Dakota State sometime throughout the game if they can click on a couple quick quick plays and get that up-tempo offense going. It's just going to be a different dynamic. NDSU, though, does so well out of bye weeks, as we mentioned earlier. I'm going to go 41-10 North Dakota State. I think NDSU is going to be able to run the football. It's just a matter, as you talked about with Nolan, how much are they going to try to maybe pass the ball first just to work on some things? But at the end of the day, we know NDSU's bread and butter, Swanee. It's pound and ground, and if they can do that, they're going to be just fine. The rains are going to fall precipitously from the heavens for the Bison, and it's going to be a big day for North Dakota State. The rushing attack is going to rack up the yards. And Easton Stick, senior quarterback, Christian Watson, Darius Shepard, and the tight ends, they're going to be passing the ball all over the place. They're going to be doing it early. I think we see a big, big day from number 12 from Easton Stick, a 9-for-12 kind of day for 160 yards, maybe a few scores. And the Bison are going to keep the train rolling. I think it's Bison big. Let's go... 52, a goofball score. We're going to find a way to get to 52. We're going to keep them out of the end zone. We're shutting them out. 52 nuts. We're we're keeping them off the board. I'll ask Petty Viverito coming up next and uh, if she agrees with that score with NDSU. She was just up here a couple weeks ago. Maybe she's the one who turned off the lights. Maybe it was because of the Maybe it was her. It was Patty. Get get that fixed, Patty. (laughs) This is her to hear with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, 107.3 FM. Thanks to Josh Linus for running the boards. Nick Gazer, Luke Bacon, Nolan Schmidt, and Chase Miller appearing on the show. And I got to throw a shout-out. Todd Bueller, a Maddox guy, as good as it gets. He's coming down for the game. Looking forward to seeing you at tailgating, Todd. Bison Nation, let's go get him today. Remember, the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Where does one go to find blogs about beer, sports, and food? I-